Good afternoon. Hope that you're enjoying your lunch. Wanting to ask if anybody has run into 10 camels recently, or perhaps a shepherdess has come by the well. I know that God is going to bless us with today's message, so why don't we start with the word of prayer. Let's ask Jesus to bless us with the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for Tuesday. Lord, already the week is going by so quickly. Right now, Father, we want to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And we know that the promise is true, that all these things will be added to us. Thank you for this time in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to be talking about a very interesting perspective. Yesterday we were talking about non-negotiables. Now here's something to always recognize, and that is this. As much as a preacher talks about things, it is ultimately your duty to go home and examine and make right decisions. Amen? Amen. You think about when uh, Adam and Eve, and you think about what Adam did or what Adam had in his life prior to uh, meeting Eve. Do you remember what God did for him? What did God do for Adam prior to meeting Eve? How did he develop Adam for Eve? What did he do? He gave him his what? His ministry. And what was his ministry? His ministry was to name the what? The animals, right? To study out nature. And as he was doing these things, nature itself became a form of education for Adam in preparation for Eve. In fact, as he was noticing these things, the Bible says there was not found a helpmeet for him. Adam was looking within nature and he was viewing all the various kinds of dynamics that were in nature at that time, pre-fall world, and he was seeing the various uh, relationships that existed. So it was during this time that God was actually using nature and giving Adam an education about relationships and the dynamics of love, even through nature and through the animal kingdom. So as we are making right decisions, we need to be people who are observant. Amen? We need to watch things. We need to see the relationships existing around us, our parents, our families, our friends. And we need to take note of things that are working and things that are not working. God wants us to be wise about these things. In fact, when you take a good look at the scriptures, we're going to learn the story about somebody, very interesting man, considered the strongest man of all scripture, yet the weakest man of the Bible. The Bible says this, So the woman bore a son, talking about Samson's mom, and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord what? Blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. Now pay attention to Samson's development. He has all the right advantages. He's been blessed. Uh, even his diet was a set for his mom prior so that the child could grow up harmoniously with every kind of benefit possible. But Samson, like every human being, has uh, the ability to make choices. And he made some wrong choices. Take a good look at what the Bible says one day. Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in what? Timnah of the daughters of the who? Philistines, pay attention to what Samson is doing. He is mingling with the Philistines who were oppressing Israel at that time. They were worshipers of the god Dagon who was a fish god. And so here Samson begins to start checking out the worldly women. And so he went up and told his father and mother and saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. 
Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. You can imagine this elderly couple and, you know, six foot five, Samson, get this woman for me. Then his father and his mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters of your who? Brethren, or among all my people, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson told, said to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me what? Well, pay attention to Samson's decision making right here. He's mingling with the enemies of his people. He's mingling with people that do not worship the same God that he does. And he begins to demand that this is the woman he is going to marry. His pool of people that he is looking into came from those that were outside Israel. A lot of people, when they're considering a potential spouse, ladies and gentlemen, listen, listen to me on this, okay? The devil has a lot of beautiful people for you. And he can give you a lot of pleasures. But I can guarantee this, that they will be lacking the most vital and essential attribute, and that is a genuine connection with Jesus. He'll give you everything you want. Oftentimes, I've seen this being a pastor and evangelist. Every time we baptize people, they may be single people, all of a sudden, we have Joe Schmo come along and he starts dating the person we baptize. You see, what happens is, whenever people get into uh, Christianity and they're making right decisions, there is a genuine desire that begins to emerge for healthy relationships. And all of a sudden, somebody begins to come into the picture conveniently who is not of the same faith and the same connection. And what happens is, a relationship begins to take place and distraction begins to happen. I have seen this for many, many, many years being a pastor. In fact, when I first became a Christian, I got baptized. Somebody came into my life as well. So this is a pattern that is so consistent, you see it. Here Samson begins to look for somebody, and he looks for somebody within the pool of the enemy, the Philistines. And he absolutely demands from his parents that they get this woman for him. What was his reason? He what? She pleases me well. Let me ask you a question. What was Samson's desire based upon? What is it? Okay, give me another word for pleasure. Lust? Okay, anybody else? Selfishness. Take a good look at this. There was no other purpose to this except she pleases me well. Samson was like, I just want this woman because of what she is going to do for me. There was no other regard in this relationship. In fact, I was reading what one commentator said about this relationship. Just as Samson, take a good look at this, or hear this, just as Samson was entering upon manhood, the time when he must execute his divine mission, the time above all others that he should be true to God, Samson connected himself with the enemies of Israel. He did not ask whether he could better glorify God when united with the object of his choice, or whether he was placing himself in a position where he could not fulfill the purpose to be accomplished by his life. To all who seek first to honor God, God has promised wisdom. But there is no promise to those that are bent upon self-pleasing. There was nothing wrong with Samson desiring to get married. He was a marriageable age. The problem was, is that God was not part of this criteria. 
He was not asking the question, wait a minute, how could this help me accomplish God's purpose for our lives for all of Israel? He was just asking the question, hey, does she please me well? And that's the way the world thinks. But that's not the way God wants you to think. He has crowned you with dignity and royalty. He has blessed you and made you children of the kingdom. Therefore, we ought to act that way. Amen? So here it is. When we're looking and we're thinking about the non-negotiables, we talked about some of these. These are priorities that these cannot in any way be expunged from that list, this platform that we have set up, a criteria. They absolutely need to have this criteria. We talked about being Christ-centered. They need to have Christ-centeredness. They need to have character, compatibility, communication, commitment, and chemistry. Now, is there anything here you would like to expunge off this list? I want to ask this one more time. Yes or no? Okay, okay, you want to take something off the list? Yeah. Okay, what would you take off the list? Can you show me someone who has character, or, sorry, who is Christ-centered, but does not have the character? Okay, do you guys hear his question? Can you show me someone who is Christ-centered and does not have character? Yes or no? Oh, so we should just take one of those terms off, yes or no? Or do you think there are individual categories that need to remain? Okay, why should they remain? Because you can have character but not be person. Okay. Can you have the opposite? Here's something to understand. Put it this way. Christ-centered more has to do with one's relationship with Christ, okay? It doesn't necessarily mean they have the best character. Because there are a lot of people who read their Bible and are still as bad as bad can be. In, a lot, in prison, there's a lot of people who read their Bible, you know, but that's a very good point you brought up, though, because we need to examine. Here's the thing, and I really appreciate this question. See, these are general categories, but they need to become more specific, and the way they become more specific is if you take these categories and you begin to analyze them and say, wait a minute, what does this actually mean? So I really appreciate that question. I also appreciate that response as well. So here we are. We're looking at the non-negotiables, okay, right here. Is there anything else that needs to be taken off this list? Yes or no? Let me ask it one more time. Okay, then by you not answering or raising your hand, are you guys affirming that everything needs to stay on this? Can I get a consensus? Raise your hand if that's the case. Some of you have spaghetti coming out of your mouth. That's okay. Okay, very good. So there seems to be a consensus. These are the non-negotiables. Now here's the question I want to ask you now, Okay. When you are looking for somebody that possesses these kinds of traits, these kinds of characteristics, where do you find somebody like this? Someone said Adventist Anonymous. Wow. That's amazing. I'm not sure what to say right now. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I, I, when I was actually in elementary school, I actually had this strange desire. I wanted to be an entomologist. Who knows what an entomologist is? What is that? Yeah, someone who studies insects, okay? It's kind of weird, geeky, Indian thing going on there. And so this is what I want to be when I grow up. Actually, it was in this student yearbook. It said, Anel Kanda, his desire to be an entomologist, okay? And uh, oftentimes... I lived in Orange County, and there wasn't the most exotic kinds of insects or arachnids that were available. 
So what I would have to do is I would begin to study out the characteristics that made up each particular insect or arachnid. And then based upon their characteristic is where I would go to discover the location of where these things were. See, if I'm telling you right now, I'm saying, okay, hey, we're going to go on a nature hunt, an animal hunt. We're going to be looking for a kind of animal that has webbed feet, that loves to eat fish, and it has water-sealed feathers. Where would you think you would look for this kind of creature? Like a pond, right? Or a body of water or a lake. Okay, now, based upon that understanding, if we set up all these non-negotiables, these are characteristics, Christ-centeredness, character, compatibility, communication, commitment, and chemistry, where should you go to look for this kind of creature? You guys are like, okay, now raise your hand, okay? I'm asking you now, because this is about being dialogical, discussion and dialogue, right? Raise your hand if you think you know where to find this particular kind of creature. Okay, you in the back. Church. Okay, very good. Well, that's a good place to look. Okay, anybody else? Yes. Here, in this, right here in this place. All right. Thank you. Yes, how about you? At Jesus' feet. Okay, where's Jesus' feet? Well, in prayer, because you can be anywhere. So, you said prayer, okay? So, but if you're looking for somebody that possesses those characteristics, where are you going to find them, though? You can find them anywhere. Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle. Anybody else? Where are you going to find this particular creature right here? Oakwood College, someone said. To get college. Okay, now, shh. Okay, now let's be serious, okay? Here we are, we're trying to discover where this mysterious person is, okay? Where are we going to find that person's location? What kind of places? Now, just think about those characteristics, okay? I appreciate what somebody said earlier, church, but even the devil shows up to church occasionally, right? Okay, very good though. I appreciate that. I want you to be more specific though. Give me another place. You tell me. I really like this guy, by the way. We're good friends. Go ahead. Sabbath school. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Shh. You know what, though? He is saying something very powerful, okay? Now, why would Sabbath school be a location based upon these characteristics? Okay, very good. They're not just there to warm the pews. Okay, what else would you say would be another reason? They're trying to learn something, right? I mean, no one just shows up to Sabbath school because they want to get there an hour and a half early before church starts, right? I appreciate that. Okay, anybody else? Yes, how about you? Prayer meetings. Now, how did you um, get that kind of answer from those characteristics? Oh, very good. I appreciate that. Very good. Anybody else? How about you over there? Like a Bible study. Okay, where on these characteristics do you see would be connected to Bible study? Okay, they're committed. They're committed. Okay, anybody else? Yes. How about you? Uh, 
Okay, different outreaches, okay, how would you um, be able to pull that or extrapolate that from the, these non-negotiables? What characteristic would you lead you to believe this kind of creature is going to be located in the outreach habitat? Say it again. Their desire to walk with God? Very good. Desire to serve Christ-centeredness. Okay, now just think about this, okay? Now, I want you to stop right here. Look, here's the thing. One of the things I've been very careful about during these new meetings, and I hope you guys appreciate it, I have not sought to tell you always what the answer is. I have let you come up with the answers. Do you guys appreciate that? Okay, good, because you guys are the ones that are making these decisions. When you guys leave this place, it is your life that you are responsible for. My job, similar to what I was uh, modeling uh, the life of Christ, he was somebody that would always respond with questions, 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 because he was trying to lead his hearers to understand points that they themselves would own. And when you own it, it becomes yours. Amen? Amen. Okay, so here we are. We're looking at some of the characteristics, or we're looking at the six non-negotiables, and we're thinking to ourselves, where is this creature going to be found? And I appreciate a lot of those things that people mention right here. So how do you find someone with these traits is the first question we must answer. And the second question is this. What if you have found these traits in someone? What do you do? Okay, well, let's examine the first thing. Here are a few different places where we're expecting to find this kind of creature here. Number one, a church, which I appreciated. Number two, prayer meetings. Number three, small group Bible studies. It's going to be funny seeing what happens Wednesday night prayer meeting. All of a sudden, everybody's there. <laughs> Conferences. Not talking about your local conference, I'm talking about different kinds of conferences. Sabbath school. Okay, now here's the thing. One of the biggest complaints I hear from people is this, is that there are no godly Christians around. Okay, do you think that's the case? Maybe if you live in like the boonies of Montana, right? But are you guys living in the boonies of Montana? Well, you tell me, yes or no? What kind of place are you living in? What kind of place is Loma Linda? It is a well, right? Right? It is a well. Now, now here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say this, okay? And, and I mean this with all, uh, um, you know, all the, the tact and kindness in the world right now. I've come across a lot of young adults that are definitely not surrounded by godly young adults. They're in a different kind of situation than you guys are in. So you guys are in a special part of your life. You're also in a special phase, a special location. It doesn't mean everybody here is a godly Christian. Absolutely not, right? But it does mean that you have a greater availability that most people do not. A lot of people have, their, they have two kinds of uh, uh, sort of understanding when it comes to relationships. You see the one side where they're just like, I'm not going to do absolutely anything. I'm just going to let God's providence dangle somebody right in front of me, and then I know it's going to be the right person. Or they're the other side where they're just like, man, I'm on the hunt. I'm looking everywhere. <laughs> you know? And both of those have big problems, right? You see, God wants us to have a balance that's somewhere in the center that may go one way a little bit more, the other way a little bit more, but center, number one, we are looking at providences, we're following God's will, we're looking at scripture to see if that person meets that criteria, we're getting counsel from godly people, at the same time, we are wanting to make healthy decisions, amen? And using that combination, and this is the thing, 
I have seen more people kind of had that centered approach who've had successful marriages than I've actually seen, and it's been very rare to see somebody just by providence alone know that God was leading them to that person or the other side as well. But where I've seen the most amount of success is somewhere in the middle. A combination of healthy decision-making combined with God's providences. Oftentimes, I've seen God's providences affirm the healthy decision-making that was taking place. So we're trying to have a very balanced approach. Can you say amen to that? And so when we're thinking about, okay, where can we find these kinds of people? We're looking at these kinds of locations. Okay, now let me ask you another question. Is there another kind of place or location or circumstance where you might find that particular kind of creature. I keep saying creature, potential spouse. Yes. Maybe mission work. That's absolutely, that's a very good one. Anybody else? Yes. I'm not going to acknowledge that. Go ahead. Working at summer camp. Very good. Now, why would you say summer camp would be a place like this? And by the way, here's the thing. Now, don't everyone start assuming, okay, just because you show up for Sabbath school, that person's desperate, okay? Or they work at summer camp, they're desperate. No, but here's the thing. Your number one priority is to honor God, right? And someone who honors God will be participating in these kinds of things. They may have another kind of priority where they're open and looking for a potential spouse, but their number one priority has got to be Jesus, right? They, got, they, they don't need to be going to church just primarily to look for a spouse, that's not the kind of person you want to be around with, right? You want to see if that person is there for Jesus. Okay, summer camp. Why don't you elaborate a little bit more? Um, it's essentially a mission. You're not paid very much. Um, you're working with kids, which takes, you know, you can see how they're going to work with family or with kids later on with life. Very good. So summer camp because it's a mission, it's short term, and they'll be working with kids, right? By the way, somebody said this. One of my good friends, she's a counselor. She says, you want to know how people act? Um, how they really are, she says, see how they are around people that have special needs or young children. And the reason why is because in those kinds of relationships, these people oftentimes cannot give something back. You see that? And that's extremely important, so I really appreciate that response. Any other place you think that you're, you're asking yourself, okay, where can I find this particular kind of person? Where might this individual be? Now, if you can look at one of those, but you need to give me a reason why you think they would be up there. Yes? GYC. GYC. Now, why would you say a place like GYC, would, people like that would be there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because all the conferences in the GYC are the things related to Okay. Okay, very good. That's right, right? It doesn't mean it's foolproof, but it does mean it's a good sign, right? If they're going to like a, a big conference or something like that. And that's extremely important. You know, it's one thing if you're going to a singles conference, you know exactly what people they're going there for, right? By the way, I had some friends. I hope they're not listening to this sermon. But uh, I had some friends decide to go to a singles conference, right? And they're like, what if we go there to meet? What if we find our Isaac there or Jacob, whoever? They get there, and you know what they found? A bunch of seven-year-old men there. <laughs> now, there's nothing wrong with going to singles conference, right? 
Amen? But your priority always has to be Jesus, otherwise you're going to be disappointed. Amen? So, you can think about conferences might be a place where people who have those, uh, you know, those kinds of characteristics might be. Small group Bible studies, okay? Now, this is extremely important. Why would small, groups, uh, small group Bible studies be a good place? Like a weekly, like a, say a Wednesday night Bible study or like a Friday night Bible study, someone's house. Why would that be a good place to be at? Well, give me your first reason why you want to be at a Bible study like that. Jesus, amen, you want to learn. Okay, okay. now we're thinking as far as relationships goes. Why, why a place like that? Why would that be important? Yes? It's very intimate, so you can get a good feel for the person Very good. It gives you time to really just connect and observe and see how people really are in their responses. Very good. By the way, here's the thing. One of the reasons why you want to have healthy kinds of friendships is because those healthy kinds of friends will have other kinds of healthy friends as well. Amen? We have a word in business for that. It's called networking. Right? Our small Bible study group wants to go hang out with the Campus Hill small Bible study group, and we're going to go do outreach somewhere. You see, here's the thing. God wants you to be healthy socially. And it first starts when you're there for God's glory. Remember we learned on one of the first nights, we talked about Jesus, how he was growing mentally and spiritually. And, but then when he started doing ministry, the Bible says he was growing mentally, spiritually, physically, and now socially as well. Ministry provided an opportunity for Jesus to develop in wonderful ways. And ministry gives us a, an ability to develop in wonderful ways too. Okay, Sabbath school. Somebody brought up Sabbath school. I actually had a good friend who's a pastor. His name's Art Branner. He says that one day he was at Andrews University. He said, you know what? He said, I went to Sabbath school. I always went to Sabbath school. And he said, one day I saw this beautiful queen. She was sitting near the front row, okay? And it was during Sabbath school. And he was thinking to himself, okay, how in the world can I find out if she's just there or she's really engaged? What he did next was very interesting. He went behind her and he began to peek over her shoulder <laughs> to look at her Sabbath school quarterly. And you know what he discovered when he saw her Sabbath school quarterly? It had highlighted passages, different colors, there were footnotes, paragraphs were filled out. And he said, when I saw that, I was like, Yes! <laughs> That's what he did. See, not only did she possess look that it initially attracted her, but he said, you know what, that's just not enough. And so he wanted to do some observation. Well, she was at church, so that was a good sign. But he wanted to know if there was more than just that, because there are a lot of pretty um, Christians, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean they're committed to Jesus. And so he wanted to do a little bit of investigation. Here's something I want you guys to pick up on. After the initial sighting, this really sounds like a nature documentary. After the initial sighting, begin a special time of observation and friendly, friendly engagement. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. After the... Uh, 
after the initial sighting, begin a special time of observation. I need to write that much better. After the initial sighting, begin a special time of observation and friendly what? Engagement. This does not mean stalking or obsessing. Amen? Do we understand this? Men, do we understand this? Women, do we understand this? I want you to understand this. By the way, if a woman tells you no in a very firm way, absolutely 100% respect that. The amount of women who have, I've had to talk to because they were having difficulties from some other guy who they clearly stated no to is amazing. So men, I know we're like cats. Something moves. We chase after it, right? But when you get a firm no, from somebody and they're making it very clear no and there's an uncomfortableness in their tone absolutely respect that and don't just think to yourself but they said no and they didn't really add a period at the end of the statement so that really means they meant no but they secretly meant yes (laughs) now there's a time where there's some chasing that goes on in a very sanctified manner but here's the thing absolutely 100% respect a woman's choice right amen I don't want to go to your house and see a shrine built to that woman, okay? It would surprise you how many people are like that. It may be checking out public social media sites or perhaps talking to mutual friends as well. However, learning to be healthy friends is a priority, right? The Bible even says something very remarkable. A man who has friends must himself be what? Friendly. Many people are asking the question, wait a minute, how come I don't have good friends? Well, you yourself need to be friendly. You need to learn just simply having some basic social skills, right? Vasa and BJ, why don't you come up to the front real quickly? Okay. Now, BJ, I promise I won't embarrass him <laughs> like I did yesterday. Uh, BJ is going to be right here. And uh, BJ here is studying medicine at Loma Linda, okay? And uh, BJ, for the sake of illustration, you're going to be a female. Okay. 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 He is going to be a female. And here he is. He is simply sitting down in a lobby studying her manual on neurology. Okay. And she is there. She's studying this out. Okay. And as she is examining this, Vasa here, the local male, He's a good guy. Here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. Is his first priority to try to get her number and romance her? What should... (laughs) What should be his priority? Just making friends, right? It doesn't necessarily mean he's not having something else in the back of his mind, but he should seek to make friends, okay? Um, And what's going to happen is... Vasa is going to display unhealthy social behavior, okay? (laughs) Round one, go.
I don't even know what to say on that one. Either, okay. Let's try this again. Okay, go for it, Vasa. Yeah. in a few minutes that remain, okay? I want to get you guys out here on time. We got one more, BJ. Hold on a second. Uh, what was wrong with the first thing? I know you may think, oh, man, that guy's got game. Here's the thing, though. What was still unhealthy about this? He was a little too strong in his advances, right? Right? You would be kind of careful because if he seems to have kind of this kind of confidence, it seems like he's probably done this numerous times, right? Probably in the other lobby right before he came to this lobby, right? The second thing is, what was the second problem? Creepy? Okay. Maybe. What else? No personality? He really lacked courage, yes? Say it a little louder. Yeah, exactly. Because of all these feelings and just thinking about the rejection, he was so scared that he made the conversation or even the engagement really awkward, right? Okay, now Vasa, this is not scripted by the way. Vasa, why don't you tell me how a healthy friendship might begin? <laughs> Healthy. Okay, let's try this again. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Okay, all right, here it is. Okay, go ahead. How's it going? I'm Vasa. Hi. Everybody wants to know your name. Okay. I noticed you were studying new neurology. Would you like to share some of what you have here? Um, no. All right, very good. Right. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. One of the reasons why you probably do want to have small groups is to avoid things like this, right? <laughs> but nonetheless, we should learn healthy social behavior, and uh, we should just be able to make friends with people. You know, the Bible says something very remarkable. It says this. This is very powerful when you think about this. Okay? Talking about the Song of Solomon, it says, and this is the, uh, the, the woman speaking about the man. Yes, all, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my what? Friend. What does she call her lover? Friend. When you really think about this, she had learned to be friends with him. 
See, friendship is extremely important. Oftentimes, we want certain, we have expectations, but we need to begin which is, with that which is most comfortable, and that is learning to be friends with people. And what we have, when we have healthy friendships, we're going to have healthy kinds of networking. And as we have healthy kinds of networking, there's going to be um, more of a pool of good people that we want to be able to choose from who have those characteristics that we are looking for. Can you say amen to that? The Bible says something very remarkable. It says this. Jesus speaking, John 15, verse 15, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you... What has Jesus called us? Friends. Your first friendship that you should have is with Jesus. You know, oftentimes we're looking for other kinds of friendship, but this is the place God wants us to start. You know, when I actually was in high school... I mean, when I was at home, but when, you know, it was one thing. I was, was a real loud monkey. But then when I was at school, oftentimes it would be very awkward. I really didn't have a lot of social skills. And then when I became a Christian, I began to get into a lot of ministry. And I was oftentimes put into places where I had to talk and engage people one-on-one -on -one or publicly. And God began to teach me just basics of social engagement and just sociability. And here's the thing, when you participate in ministry with Jesus Christ, He will develop you more and more in many areas of your life. He will awaken things in your behavior and with your, your mental faculties, and He will do these things and we help you to develop harmoniously so that you become a well-rounded person. Amen? Because you want to be with a well-rounded person. As I said before, this is by no means exhaustive, but it's just designed to provoke thought. Yesterday we talked about um, considering right. And then we talked about praying right today, which is just dealing with certain things. But God wants us to continue to learn and grow. Tomorrow we're going to be dealing with starting right. And say you do find your BJ, right? And uh, they fit all the characteristics. You've observed them to a certain degree. Where do you go from here now? Tomorrow we're going to be talking about that kind of stuff. Um, if you have questions, please feel free to talk to me afterwards. I just want to pray with you right now. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this delightful time, God. I know first and foremost, you call us to grow our friendship with you, Jesus. You've called us friends. And Lord, we pray that you would develop our social skills. Give us opportunities to minister to others and for others. And God, I thank you that the other priorities in our life, that you are mindful of all these things. Bless each person as they go out. Help them to be good friends to this dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.